Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. When Pastor Josh, we're going through Mark's Gospel uh, as a church, and, and uh, it, it's, it's fallen to me to, to speak out of Mark chapter 11. And it's one of my favorite chapters and uh, uh, because it talks about faith. And, and, and uh, by the grace of God, I've tried to be a faith man uh, since I gave my life to Jesus. Now, uh, you may have some notes in your hand, but I don't guarantee that it's going to work out exactly <laughs> how those notes are. But at least you've got a piece of paper to take home with you that does have the word of God in it if I don't manage to hit the mark and, and if I go in another direction. But you see, um, my... Uh, well, well, here's the three things that are on your paper. I'll, just, I'll start with that first. First of all, well, what I was asking the Lord was, you know, there's lots in the Bible about faith. Or you could... You, you know, you can go on forever and ever about faith. It's a, it's a marvelous topic and a marvelous subject. But I was saying, well, Lord, what do you want to say to us today, to me today, as we, uh, about faith? You know, we could go into all kinds of stuff, but what is it for today, for me? Because I'm on a journey of faith, and it's not finished yet. I'm still here, and, and I've got, well, I don't know how long I've got to go, but... But by the grace of God, he has kept us right to this point and he's given us the ability to believe him. Now, here's the three points, just in case I don't get round to them. I need to have faith. I need to have, uh, sorry, I, I, need, I need to have the right focus of faith. And that's in uh, verse 22, which I'm going to read these verses and, and then you'll see where the three points are coming in. The second one is, I need to have a faith that really works. I don't want some religious claptrap. I want something that will work for me, that's real, that's genuine, you know, that I, can see, that I can see the evidence of. In fact, it tells us that in the Bible, that, <laughs> that uh, faith is an evidence, and it's a substance. And, uh, and, so, and then the third point is, I, I need to have a future kind of faith because I'm looking forward, along with Margaret, to our future, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever it comes about. Now, here's the three verses that I want to speak from this morning, and it's from verse 22. And I'm just leaning on this. Uh, I might sit down in a minute and, and, uh, and go from there. And so and I've got a bit of a problem with, with my reading as well. I, I've got to really get it in focus. So here, here we go. So Jesus answered and said to them, uh, as a result of an issue that had come about, where Peter said to, to Jesus, Oh, yesterday when you cursed that fig tree, look, when it, it's withered away and it's died. And, 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 and Peter Jesus says, in answer to that, have faith in God. And then he goes on to say, for assuredly, 
I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. And then the next verse goes on to say, uh, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you've received them, and you will have them. Now, those are very definite and absolute kind of words, aren't they? And it's either, it's either something that really will work or else it's just religious jargon and it doesn't really mean anything. But believe me, every word that Jesus spoke, in fact, he says this, he says, I only say the things that the Father tells me to say. And so... The Father told him to say these words so that we today could get some encouragement from them, and I could, as, as, I, as Margaret and I are now launching into a, another season of our lives, having had 37 years here. And Oh, thank you very much. Isn't it nice to do that? Very good. Well... No, leave me to it. Sure. Yeah. About while, I, while I'm going, I want to go. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so, so here we, so I come to this first point, you know, where it says, I need to have the right focus of faith. Have faith in God. Now, in, on, the, the, on the 14th of August, 1955, now, I don't know how long ago that is, if you work it out. I think it's about 67 years ago. But on the 14th of August, 1955, I had my first experience of having faith in God. And it, was a, it changed my life from that moment on. I was 18 years of age. The Queen had just sent me a letter and uh, asked, well, didn't ask me, told me I was going in the Royal Air Force for two years to do my national service. I mean, it wasn't actually the Queen, it was on her behalf, but it had the notepaper, you know, and, and so I had, to, I had to go in the Royal Air Force. And, uh, and after, after six weeks of our 12-week training, uh, this is back in 1955 when I had my first experience of having faith in God. I, I went, you were allowed to go home for a weekend. And just for 36 hours after Saturday, from Saturday lunchtime, and you, got, you had to be back for, for Sunday night. And so I lived quite near uh, to where this training camp was. So I was allowed to go home. Oh, and I was so excited. And, I got, and of course, you see, uh, I, I am an only child, and my dad died when, uh, before I went into the Air Force, so there was just my mother and myself at home. So when I went home, um, my mum said, oh, there's uh, 20 players' medium cigarettes there on the sideboard. Ron Phillips sent them, uh, left them for you, but he came too late and you'd already gone. It was a going away project, because I used to smoke like a chimney then. And, uh, 
Well, anyway, never mind about that. <laughs> but I did a lot of other things like a chimney as well. Uh, not just smoking like a chimney. I, anyway, I, we won't go into what I was like. Praise God, things are different now. But, but, but it's a work of God. And so, uh, so oh, I thought, oh, I must go and thank Ron for these cigarettes. And so I went up to his house. And Mrs. Phillips, who was a lovely lady, I love Mrs. Phillips. And, uh, I, 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 oh, she said, you've just missed Ron. He's gone down to church. He's teaching in Sunday school. And I was so amazed. The last time I had met six weeks previously, Ron Phillips, he was swearing and cursing and, and, and oh, and, uh, anyway, I won't go into that either. But I said in the Sunday school class, she said, yeah, she said he started going to church. And of course, the reason was he saw a girl that he liked there. That was it. <laughs> He wasn't for Jesus or for God. But God has ways of working. <laughs> he, got, he got going for God. and he got, So I, I went to this little, well, I say church. It was a wooden hut, uh, not a very posh place at all. And, uh, and so I got there. And the old pastor, Mr. Jones, uh, he was at the gate. And I, I said, oh, I've come to see Ron Phillips. Oh, he said, he'll, he'll be out shortly. He's just teaching a Sunday school class. And so, I, and then this Mr. Jones, uh, he said to me, he says, uh, uh, are you born again? Uh, well, I didn't really know what born again meant, you know. And, and uh, he said, well, are you going to heaven? And I thought, well, of course I'm going to heaven. He's, you know, isn't God like Father Christmas and everybody's going? Oh, no, he said, if you don't, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. That's what he said to me. I felt like telling him to go to, you know. <laughs> I thought, how cheeky. You know, how, how does he know where I'm going, you know? Just the, the cheek of it. But anyway, he kept talking to me. And then Ron Phillips came out. And, 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 and sure enough, he did. Anyway, the short, the short version of this is, and I, I felt I wanted to share this with you because this, this uh, focus on having faith in God for the first time in my life has changed the following 67 years that I'm here today. And I'm a different person. And I, don't, and, and I thought, oh, I thought, I always thought if you, if you got religion that you'd, that you'd get these commandments of all the things that you can't do. And there were all things I liked to do that were in these commandments. And I thought, well, how am I going to manage? But then I found out, well, this is Mrs. Jones. She said, well, you can do one of two things, Bob. He said, you can either walk away from here and you'll go to hell, or you can come and, and I'll pray with you and you can go to heaven. Well, to my amazement, I said, well, I want, I want to go to heaven. I said this. Because it says in the Bible, in Romans chapter 12, is it verse 3? It says that God has given to every man a measure of faith. Everybody's born with a measure of faith. A little measure that can help you to believe God when the right time comes. And, when, 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 and this was the right time for me. This was the, just the right time. And so I didn't know. So he says, he says, do you know how to pray? I said, oh, I know our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Well, he said, never mind about that. He said, just follow me. And so I prayed after him. But this is the thing. I don't even remember the prayer. But I got up off my knees 
a totally different person than when I'd got down on my knees. I really, I really this, this faith in God worked for me to the point that I knew I was going to heaven. I was so excited about it. I was so thrilled. I went home and told my mum, and, and she thought I'd got religious mania, like Uncle George. And, uh, and, I, and I thought, and, it, uh, and, and I had to go back to the RAF camp that night. Oh, I better sit down for a minute. I had, to go, I had to go back to camp that night. Well, I was so full of this, so excited. Oh, I thought, I've got to tell everybody this. <laughs> this is such good news that I'm going to heaven. And I, and I, I went into the barrack room that night, and everybody's getting ready for bed, and you all look the same, you know, same blue and white striped pajamas, and, and even when you're in bed, you've got a uniform on. And so, and so, so you all look the same. And so I get, and I walk in, and I said, hey, lads, I've been saved tonight. And there's a deathly silence. And I thought they'd all go, yippee, you know, fantastic. We're so pleased. But no, he said, so, so what do you mean you saved? And you, I said, well, I, I said, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I said, if an atom bomb was to drop, drop here tonight, you'd all go to hell and I'd go to heaven. <laughs> oh, 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 who do you think you are? Oh, who do you, oh, you're going to heaven, you're the, you're that, you're the other. But that was the first trusting in God experience that I ever had and there's been so many more since and it's been wonderful that that transformation on that one night was so dynamic and dramatic it, I'm still excited about it today you know I still look back on that one experience but now there's been umpteen experiences since that time where I've had faith in God for all kinds of different things. And different th things have happened, different occasions in our life. You, you know, you know, you know uh, that Margaret's brother was my best friend. And uh, I used to see Margaret in the house. You know, she's got six brothers and sisters. And I used to go and visit their house with Laurie. Because he, 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 he had a radical transformation in his life when he came out of the army and and so we became real good friends and uh, and we began to read the bible together Laurie had a dyslexia problem and i used to teach him to read the bible and we'd read the bible together and we'd read it out loud and we'd find that there were things in it like this thing that jesus has just said in mark 11 that it, that if you believe, when you pray, you will receive what you, what, you, what you say. And we started reading this. and So we thought, well, we better put this in. Let's see if this works. And so we did in all kinds of different ways. But uh, uh, Angela, our daughter Angela, who is going to... Uh, uh, <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was going to say going to Havers in England. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's in for, really. 
<laughs> and neither does Steve, really. They've set up a nice bedroom for us. But, but Angela, when she was very little, she had verrucas. Do you remember that, Margaret? Angela having verrucas on her, on her heels. Oh, and they were really bad. And she was in pain with them, and a little girl. And we had a friend uh, called Ted Snowden, Ted and May Snowden, and Uncle Ted. We, we always called him Uncle Ted. And he came to our house one day, and uh, of course, Brother Bob uh, didn't have all that kind of uh, much faith for Verrucas. Uh, you know, he was still in his, his heyday of just enjoying God and enjoying. Anyway, Ted says, Uncle Ted says, well, let's pray for Angela's Verrucas. And, uh, and, he, and he said, because it says in the Bible that if you pray and believe, then God says he's going to do it. And nothing, he said, is impossible with God. So, so we said, okay, Uncle Ted. So he prayed over Angela's Verrucas. Oh, in a powerful, positive way, you know. Thank you, this is already done, Lord. And you've done the work. And, it, and I, can't, I mean, I don't remember the words, but I remember the thrust of it, you know. And uh, the next morning, Angela gets out of bed and there's no Verrucas there on her feet. None at all. Just absolutely clean skin. And I, I thought, wow, that's fantastic, that. And I thought, I'm going to get into this. And I started, I started to get into this. Well, it's, it, it's this business of knowing that faith really works. It, look, it, it's not some, some abstract thing out there. Oh, you know, you know I know you can't. It's, it's, like, it's like the existence of God. You can't prove it to somebody as in, oh, prove it right now. But, but you can't prove love in a tangible way. You can't prove truth in a tangible You can't say, oh, measure me an inch and a half of truth and put it in that matchbox. You, you can't measure it, but you know it's there. I know that I love Margaret, and I know that, well, I think she loves me anyway now. <laughs> I, 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 she, do, she does love me, but she can't remember it these days. <laughs> Praise God. And she can't remember a lot of things that I've done. Bless God. I always, <laughs> I, I always say, you know, we've been together for 57 years. And I always say it's the grace of God on Margaret more than it is on me that we're still together. Because I've been a bit of a challenge over the years, one way and another. Not to mention carting four children around the world and setting up home I don't know how many times, etc., etc. But I wanted this to work. And so, I, uh, when we came home, we, we were missionaries in Mal Malaysia. Uh, have I just got six minutes and 20 seconds left? Six minutes and 11 seconds left. That's ridiculous. I'm only on point two. Okay, I better get going then, hadn't I? Well, oh, one thing then. Came over and we didn't have a car. And so, I'm, I, so I, I am into this March, you know, this March gospel train. For uh, I say to you that if you diddle, diddle, and, and uh, you, you know, and you will have what you say. So I'm saying, Lord, I need a new car. Well, I, I wasn't actually saying a new car, but I said, Lord, I, I need a car 
because I've got to travel around. I want something reliable. So I put my best suit on, like I put on today. And I went to a car showroom. And I said, I've come to buy a car. And he thought, I've got the money to buy the car. <laughs> the, the same. And so he got the brochures. Oh, there's this. Oh. I said, well, I need an estate car because I've got four kids and a grandma. Oh, yes, yeah, we, we can. And there's this car you can put two seats in the back for kids to sit on. So you've got three seats and another two. Oh, that's very good. Here's the brochure. Um, and so he went through it all. And I'm saying, right, this is it. So I said, well, I'll let you know about it. I'll go home and I'll talk with my wife because I have to run everything by Margaret. And once, and unfortunately, she used to believe everything I said at one time. But now she has to pray about everything when <laughs> uh, I could kind of get anything past her at one time. But, but anyway, I, so I, I came back with this brochure and I was preaching in this place called Ryehope in the northeast of England. I was going there for this, the weekend services. And I thought, I know, I'm going to preach on this Mark's gospel. This is why I like this passage so much, because it reminds me of going to, and I'm going to preach on this passage here, out of Mark, that, that whatever you say, you will, you will have. So, and I'm going to really preach this. Well, <laughs> I, I got to Ryehope, and I, was, I got up to preach on the Sunday, and I got scared, and I thought, I preached something else, because I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to work or not, because this was my first go at it, you see. And so, I, I was going to say, you see this brochure of this car? Next time I come here, I'm going to come in, in a new car like this. I was going to say that, but I, I chickened out, and I said, no. no. So, I just preached a nice message without any commitment, you know. And anyway... They said, oh, will you tell a story to the kids in the afternoon at Sunday school? You, then you used to have church in the morning, Sunday school in the afternoon, church at night. And, and you know, and, and so, yeah, I said, I'll tell them. I thought, I know, I'll tell the kids this story about this car because they won't know any different, you know. <laughs> they're, they're only kids. And I did. And, and, and so I went before the kids. I said, so you'd see this car next time. Next time I come here, I'm going to come in a new car like this. Oh, and they were all so excited. And, and so was I. But I thought, well, at least they're only kids and they won't be able to know the difference when I come again anyway. Anyway, this is what happened. I went back home. And I had to do a funeral for a friend of ours. He, was, he worked down the mine. Two, two minutes, 40. Oh, I can't go through the rest of this story. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> that's, that's how I get you, you see. I'm, you, you think I'm so nice, don't you? Huh? And I'm going to stick to the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. In any way. Anyway, uh, the wife of this guy that, that I did the funeral for, he, he, she came to stay with us. And uh, Dor uh, Doreen and... Uh, Dorothy, I'm sorry, Dorothy Lakin. And so Dorothy came to stay with us after the funeral. We, we wanted to look after her a bit. Anyway, while she was with us, she said, I want to take you out and buy a new car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she did, took us out and bought it. Our kids will remember. I can't see you because the lights are in my eyes, so I don't know where you are, our kids. But our kids will remember this. I, I came home with 
a brand new Peugeot 504 with seven seats in it. And, oh, and, and, and they, they can remember that Peugeot. They'll, they'll, they know about it because they've been in it so many times. But that, that was a miracle car for me where I learned to confess. Whatever God says, you can take it to the bank because it works. And I could tell you loads of other things, but there isn't time because I've only got one minute and five seconds. <laughs> and I've got to finish my final point. But I could finish it fairly easily. You see, this is what I liked about this third verse. Is it's a future kind of faith. And I'm just going to take a few seconds. You don't mind if I'm a couple of minutes over, do you? you just, I've got to sing yet as well. I've got to sing. <laughs> so hold on. I just want to read these words to you again. Uh, verse 20. Oh, it's so hard for me to see this there. Therefore, I say that whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, even though you haven't received them. Believe you have received them, and you shall have them. You see, it's a great secret once you get it, once you get this truth for yourself, once you make that truth your own, oh, it works wonders. Because there's things that I'm believing for now that I've not received yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to get them before. I, well, I might not get them before I die, but they'll certainly happen sometime. I might have died but there were people in the Bible who died in faith, not even receiving the promise, and, but God prepared something better for them. And, 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 and that promise was fulfilled, even though they didn't receive it in their lifetime. I might not receive the promises in my lifetime, but they're going to come to pass. Hallelujah. Because God says it. And if God says it, I believe it. That settles it. Amen. That's, that's it. And so... And so I've got this future, and you've got your notes that you can have a look at. And you can, and you can, and I'm going to stand up now, because I'm going to sing, because I'm 39 seconds over. <laughs> okay, now, this song, I changed the, the words to the last part of it. They were a bit kind of gooey, the words, that the, the, the original... So apologies to the original author, but I, I've changed the words. But it's, it's called, I Don't Know About Tomorrow. And I think Wes is going to put the words up for you so you can follow it. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. For its skies may turn to grey. I don't worry all the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds. Here's the second verse. 
then I'm finished. Yes, and this is Margaret and I now. Yes, our path is getting brighter as each step of faith we take. Every burden's getting lighter as we follow in his wake. For we've learned to trust in Jesus as we walk along life's way. And we know one thing's for certain, there's a home in heaven one day. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Father, I thank Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will take some of these words that I've spoken and just nail them in a sure place wherever they've needed in each and every different person's heart in this congregation this morning. We're all at different places in our journeys and you've got ways of... of planting some indelible truth and memories that never leave us. Like you've planted truth in my heart that's never left me. And you're going to do the same again in this morning as we continue together to see your kingdom come and your will being done on this little patch of our earth that we call our lives in Jesus. Amen. I was... uh uh, when I was at home, I was looking um, for some... I knew I was going to say something from the platform to everybody. And uh, I was saying, Lord, what can I say? Um, and so I decided, well, I'll get my Bible and I'll go upstairs and I'll have a look what I can say. Well, I was up there two hours and I hadn't thought of anything. So I came down, and uh, uh, as I went downstairs, um, I, I, I remembered there was a book that, um, and a, a story that I would have liked to have read, but that wasn't what God wanted me to do. So I, um, I, I, I suddenly found a book And uh, I was saying, Lord, well, what can I talk about? What can I say? I'm not really a talker. I'm, I'm quiet and I like to not, you know, um, talk too much. <laughs> um, but as, as I went in the kitchen and I, I looked, saw this uh, book and I've had it, I've had it for a, a few years and I didn't even know how it came into my hands uh, the other day. And uh, I started looking through it, and uh, um, well, I, I, when I came downstairs, because I was upstairs for two hours, and I said to Bob, I haven't got anything, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, this book suddenly appeared, uh, and I'd looked at it a few times, and then 
I just saw this. Is that the page I've got to read? Just a minute. <laughs> Not very good at all. This. Oh, the very first one. That, that's that one. I'm speaking now, Bob. You don't. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn. Well, I, I looked at this, and I, I mean, I've got all writing in this book that I've written, uh, you know, about the Lord and everything. I never noticed this one before, and it was the first one. So, as I looked, I thought, well. And Bob looked at it as well, but anyway, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I looked at it, and I thought, and I started reading it, and I thought, well, this is my story that I'm going to read. And it, it's, it's um, the story of Habakkuk, Habakkuk's prayer. And I just knew that the Lord wanted me to read this because I'd, I'd been in it that upstairs for two hours and nothing came. And I thought, oh, what am I going to do, Lord? Anyway, I'd, I just looked and I started reading it. And I thought, this is the Habakkuk's prayer. But today it's also my prayer because it's so wonderful. And that, so I'll begin to read. Even though the fig trees have no blossom, etc., yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He will make me as sure-footed as a deer and bring me safely over the mountains. Even though I may lose everything, I will rejoice in the Lord. The Lord is my strength. I thank you, Father of heaven and earth, for the assurance of your love and care over my life. I know you will always be with me on the journey of life. You will strengthen and uphold me in your prayers day and night. Your grace is sufficient for every situation I find myself in. For you are Christ in me, the hope of glory. May my life bring honor and glory to your name. I thank you for this 84 years you have already allowed me to live upon your world. There I'd put 68 years, so you can tell how, how long I've not read it, the, uh, this one. <laughs> you have allowed me already to live upon your wonderful world. I love your world and everything in it. Help me, Father, to look after and treasure your world the environment, the animals, and all living creatures help me always, always to love and respect your people who live in your world and to tell them about Jesus and your great plan of salvation so that they will come to know you and see how wonderful you are and how much you love them. There is a, a little bit more to read, but I think that was the end of the story. The one. So um, that's. Uh, I, I was so pleased that God put this in, uh, for me to read out because I'm really um, not very good at um, 
<laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm, but, but isn't God good? Yeah. I, 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 this is my story as well, as well as Habakkuk's. And the Lord said, this is the one. And I didn't, well, it was a, actually Bob looked at it. He says, that's the, yeah, read it, Margaret, read it. So I'm glad I did, and I'm glad, I'm glad I found it uh, in some drawer that we were tidying out. So I, I'm just so happy to be here today, and I, I love every one of you. You're all my friends, and I, I just want to say thank you for loving me and for loving Bob. And we, it's, we've been on a wonderful journey, and we're so happy that we can do this for the Lord. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Josh. Good to see so many faces. Just want to extend a really warm welcome to you guys for coming out this morning. Um, these guys came all those years ago as convicts, and now they're heading back. My family's here, um, Andy and Matt, and uh, obviously Angela's not able to be here, but on uh, and the extended family, but on behalf of those guys, I just want to say thank you, Grace Life. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, team, for loving these guys so well. They, they love you so much. And because they love you and you've looked after them, you've actually blessed us. So we want to thank you for that. A lot of people uh, don't get to say how much they love those people in their lives until they pass away. I think it's stupid. So ridiculous, and they're gone, and we have these services where we talk about them. But we get to do this today. We get to say a few words, and I'd love to do that if I can. A few words about both of these two. Uh, they've been good role models to us as kids. They've actually been good. Not bad. <laughs> Fairly average. <laughs> no, they're good, but... Um, was singing, what, what do I say about each one? Because I want to honor both. And I'll start off with the bish, Bishop Bob, or Bobby, or Dad. Uh, Dad is a man of vision, and he loves writing vision down. And he comes up with titles like Decade of Destiny. And it's usually a 10-year vision. He's in, uh, there's no doubt he has another 10-year vision that he's written down somewhere for their time in Britain. He's nodding. He has. And I'd like to give you a title for it, okay? It's called, the title is Brival. Okay, so England has had Brexit, Britain exit. But it's time for Brival, Bob and Margaret's arrival. <laughs> yeah? Oh, Yeah. Dad loves people. He loves seeing a diamond in the rough. He always has made room for us, you know, black sheep like Josh and myself and others, you know. We, uh, we kind of just were given space by these guys to thrive. And I know many of you can say the same. Um, yeah, they love you, and that's powerful. Um, so... Enough about dad. He's a great guy, but mum is a legend. I call her Magsy or Queenie, and we love Magsy. She's amazing. Mum loves to pray for people, and she loves reading the scriptures and sharing them because she lives it. And uh, 
It used to annoy me because mum always used to know stuff often. I think, how does she know? It was before security cameras and CCTV. <laughs> I had no tracking device on me. But often mum would come and she would, she would pray over me or she would share a scripture. And it was pivotal for directing, you know, my life in so many ways. So mum, thank you for that. Mum's also... Uh, well, they, these two both love laughing a lot. And they love hospitality. How many have experienced just... When I, when I sit with them and I, I, I just start laughing, because they laugh, because it's like being in some Faulty Towers episode. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's, and, and they're so hospitable. And that's the other thing about mum and dad, Dave, uh, especially mum. She, she would open up the home and those kids would go crazy because we'd have strays and students... We'd have people down on their luck, all staying with us. And uh, mum would feed them and welcome them. And a lot of them actually went from strangers to becoming family. I think about Komozo and little Emmanuel and others that had become family. And, um, and I just want to say we love you because of your hospitality, because of the way you open up your arms to us. And that's why, like the wise men, a lot of us make the trek to Mandra, right? Just to be welcomed as family, just to be able to sit and enjoy their company. And so I want to say to you both, thank you for, you know, a life well lived. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making space for us. Thank you for having vision that's bigger than where you came from. And, it, and it's big enough that it encompasses where you're going in God. Um, Last thing I want to say is in Acts is this story of Paul and he's heading back to Jerusalem and there's a bunch of Christians like us and they're actually really sad because they don't know whether they'll see Paul again. And they know him going will actually leave a big hole in their community because he'd enrich them. And so there's this sad moment but there was also this real happy moment as well that wherever Paul was going, he was going in God's will and purpose and I think that's how we feel today. We're sad because you guys will leave a big Bob and Magsy hole in our lives. But we're also happy that wherever you go, people will be enriched. Lives will be challenged and changed. People will be made to feel loved. If we could maybe um, just give a giant applause to mum and dad for loving us so well. Yeah, thank you, Mum and Dad. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Thanks for your life. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au Thank you.